Welcome back to the Hollywood Casino Press Box. Now back to Frank Cusimano and Bob Ramsey on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. Have lots of fancy clothes and drive a big fine Cadillac. Not knowing all the time I had these things, my friends would stab me straight in my back. No, no, no. And welcome back, Frank and Bob here till 12. On Tuesdays, we talk NFL with H. Balzer. H., great to be with you. Hope you're doing well. Uh, right off the bat, uh, my fun takeaway from the Bills and Chiefs was the fact that Andy Reid pulled out a play over a decade old called the flash screen that Alex Smith used to throw to a young Travis Kelsey and it works for a touchdown. It's like he's like a mad scientist looking in the playbook, thinking about it. Hey, I remember this one. And they, they try it in practice. And of course, it works in the game. A huge moment. What what a, another item of brilliance for Andy Reid. It, it definitely is. It raises two questions. First, from the way I understand it, it was actually Kelsey who suggested uh, that they go back to that play. But then you wonder, why haven't they used it in all this? Stuff? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but, you know, those, those that's the way things go is these offensive guys, they just build and build and build on, on what they have and, and they end up doing what they're doing. But that was, yeah, that was, that was an interesting result of that. And now, you know, Kelsey is within, I believe it's six receptions of equaling or passing Jerry Rice for the most postseason receptions in NFL history. Of course, when you play as many games as they do now, then that can certainly uh, lead to that. And obviously, you have to have played in a lot of games in the postseason to approach records like that, but still pretty impressive. Yeah, I know a lot of people want to blame, you know, wide right on the field goal and then the the dropped uh, great potentially great play by Stefan Diggs. But gosh, H, in the end, you can't let a team run you off the field like they did. I mean, I think Pacheco's a really good player. I don't think he's Eric Dickerson. He was crazy. I mean, almost 100 yards on just 15 carries. That's the story of the game. It's not that Josh Allen was bad or Patrick Mahomes was awesome. It was Kansas City in that offensive line just manhandling Buffalo. Yeah, that, that, that was a big part of it. And I'll, it's interesting. Whenever I see him run, I think back to the first game of the 2022 season. And the Chiefs were here in Arizona to play the Cardinals. And they just blew out the Cardinals. It was just an, an onslaught. And all of a sudden, near the end of the game, because they're winning by so much, they put in Isaiah Pacheco in the game. And he is running as if it was – Every, every run, he ran it as if it was going to be his last one in the NFL, just with the way he runs and he attacks and all that. And I remember seeing I said, oh, my goodness, who is this guy? This, this is a pretty good player. And he certainly ended up contributing more and more to the Chiefs as they went through the season, and now obviously a big part of that offense. The, the other big thing was how the – well, it's, it's really crazy. When you look at – a lot of times stats can lie to us. We know that, where they can – Oh, yeah. Kind of show things, then you wonder how how did that happen? When you look at the number of plays that the Bills ran as opposed to the Chiefs, but they weren't that effective on those plays. 
And when you look at the second half, I mean, that Chiefs defense pretty much shut down uh, the Bills' offense, only allowing 133 yards in the second half after they had over uh, 200 in the first half. But the one thing we always hear, guys, from coaches is explosive plays. When they're talking about their own defense, they're saying we can't give up explosive plays. From our offense, we need to get explosive plays. The Bills had none in the game, and that's, that's defined as 20 y- plays of 20 yards or more. They had no plays of 20 yards or more. Meanwhile, the Chiefs only running 47 plays in the game, and that includes four kneel downs. So on their other 43 plays, they had eight Wow. That went 20 yards or more and accounted for 219 of their 361 yards. So that's another little storyline or side story of that game that ended up with with the result that it did. Howard, you'll know the numbers. Uh, I don't just in general terms. To me, a key was the stops that the Chiefs got late in that early the Bills couldn't be stopped. They did something, you know, every possession and... But but late, the Chiefs did something. What did they do? How do we explain that? Yeah, it's, sometimes it's just going out there and playing. Now, they said they made some adjustments. Of course, you're, ma- you're making adjustments all throughout the game. Yeah. Uh, but they were doing some things differently in terms of that, of getting some pressure and, 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 and keeping them from running. You know, the football, they didn't have a very good average uh, per play uh, in, in the entire game. But, you know, some of it, they just – they they also limited what Josh Allen uh, was able to do with to them running the football, and then I think back to one play where I forget the exact situation, but it was late and it might have been on the field goal drive when Allen had a receiver open in the end zone, and he had like two maybe two or three yards on the guy cutting from left to right in the end zone, and a good throw scores a touchdown there. Yeah, but and everyone oh wow well, bad throw man, but if you really look at it. He got pressure, and I think it was from Chris Jones, but whoever it was on defense just pushed the left tackle back into Allen. Now, he didn't knock him down, obviously, or anything, but it just kept Allen from really getting his whole body and his legs into the throw, and the throw was just a little bit off. And sometimes that's all it takes to to mess up a play. Some, sometimes pressures – now, granted, you would have loved to sack there, obviously, but sometimes pressures can be just as good as sacks, and often they can lead to a turnover. That one didn't, but it led to an incompletion, and that ended up being a big play in that game in terms of the Bills not making a play, and and you can't really and, and the Chiefs stopping it. Not that they stopped the pass in the end zone, but they affected Allen's throw. So I think it was on Monday where Ravens coach John Harbaugh was non-committal about the availability of Mark Andrews, but I think that's really going to be an interesting story because H, if you're playing against Lamar Jackson you probably have to assign one guy in your defense in the middle of the field to just kind of shadow him. And if you have Andrews in the game, in the middle of the field, with Isaiah Likely, you can't guard them all. And you put those two tight ends together, and Isaiah Likely is just an unbelievable athlete, like 6'4", 235. He's caught a touchdown like in every game since Andrews has been injured. That, that is going to loom large because we all know when Mark Andrews is, is playing, he's one of the best tight ends in the world. That could really loom large for, for uh, the Ravens on Sunday. 
Yeah, it could and could. And a, a lot will depend on even if he gets out there, how many snaps can he play? He's missed you know, a pretty, de- pretty good amount of time. And sometimes I think there's this expectation when someone returns from injury, especially if they've been out for more than a month or a couple of months, that all of a sudden they're going to walk on the field and be the same guy they were before the injury. And so you, you do wonder about that. But just his presence will cause problems for the defense because they have to account for that. And and the spying, man, I mean, you can the, – the thing about spying a quarterback, and obviously you have to do that to an extent against Lamar Jackson, but when you're doing that, you're taking a guy away from the defense, essentially. And and so if Jackson doesn't run, then he can, he can often find someone open. And then even if he runs, well – <laughs> that spy might not he might not be able to get to Lamar Jackson and what they did in the second half of that game against Houston they had a lot more design runs and the spy is normally meant to keep a guy from just having tons of open space to go to on a scramble or on a play where you, you were trying to throw but you didn't find anybody on a design run you don't know where that's going to go and he is so fast and so quick that it's, it's tough for anybody obviously whether it's a linebacker safety whatever it is to be able to not only keep up with them, but to get them down, and that's 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 a t- that's a tough thing, you know, for any any team uh, to accomplish. But I mean, you look you look at a team like Kansas City, and, and they're a, a team that everybody was counting out, and here they are once again in an AFC Championship game. And you mentioned Andy Reid. Here's an interesting number: this is Andy Reid's eleventh conference championship game as a head coach. Seven with the Chiefs, six in a row, obviously, and four with the Eagles. There's only one coach in NFL history. Now, I know a lot of it's more game, you know, but the way the playoffs are set up, but there's still only one coach in NFL history with more, and that's Bill Belichick, and he only has two more. He has 13. Wow. That's a good number. That's pretty impressive. And even though he's not a portrait of health on the sideline and we know about his <laughs> diet, he's 65. He, he coaches as long as Patrick Mahomes plays. And who knows what, he, what he's going to be at Super Bowl-wise by the time Patrick Mahomes retires, too. Yeah. Yeah, if he wants. It'll be his call, obviously. How long does he want to go at this, at this pace and all those things? You, you would think it would be very difficult to walk away, and there's always rumblings each year. It would be surprising to me if he did, but still, you never know what's in a guy's heart, what's in a guy's mind, or any of those things. But he, like you said, he obviously knows that as long as Patrick Mahomes is his quarterback, he, they, they have a chance of getting this far. And it's kind of scary when you look at this team, what they've done with a bunch of re- receivers You know, after losing time. Tyreek Hill, and yet they're, 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 they're still good enough to get this far. The defense has been very good, as I was alluding to earlier. And then you look at it and say, you know, just, just think if they added another top-line receiver mm-hmm. to that group. And, you know, the, the, the one thing is what's going to happen with Travis Kelsey. There, there's been some rumblings that, you know, he and his brother might step down at the same time. Who knows if that'll happen. That'll be a huge loss for them and be able to be able to replace that because he has he ha, he had a tough stretch earlier in this season and he was affected really by injury the whole year but he he seems really to have elevated his game in the postseason and so obviously that's going to be something that the Ravens have to account for and that's a darn good defense too so that, that's a hell of a matchup don't you think for him it'll depend on how he feels and if it's injuries that he can believe that he can rehab and be 100% on a given injury, or is it chronic stuff? And chronic stuff is the stuff that really gets you down and makes you think about hanging it up. No question. 
no question. And especially when you've kind of grinded through a season where you've been playing with some of those issues, yeah. and one of the one of the injuries happened earlier, uh, early in the season. And so that that's the thing you start thinking of when you start getting to the age that he is is that it's not it's not that he wouldn't be able to rehab these because he's been able to play without them and and once once the games stop whether it's next week or after the super bowl there's a bunch of time between when you really have to start worrying about playing football again so you can get in that you know feeling pretty good but i think in the back of your mind you're going man if i just get some more injuries now what's that going to be like and, mm-hmm. and fighting through this again so i think that that that's that that's a big part of it because you, you, there's definitely as you get older the recovery from injuries becomes a lot tougher and a lot more fighting through it that you have to do. So uh, yesterday, or a couple of days ago, Ryan Clark took some shots at the 49ers quarterback, uh, Brock Purdy. It created a lot of headlines on ESPN. I want to remind everybody that uh, Brock Purdy had a 113 passer rating this year. That was the highest in the NFL. He threw for 4,200 yards and I think it was 31 touchdowns. But with all that said, he did not have a great game. He did miss some big throws. He almost threw a pick six. And I think if you're the Lions, um, you go into that game, hey, we have an edge at quarterback. We feel really good about Jared Goff as our quarterback, and that that's the hope. It's a seven-point spread. Las Vegas is is rarely wrong. How do you see this? How do you yeah, see this it, one, H? It, it's a real good matchup, and I think it, you would look at that and say that line's a bit high because I think you'd expect the Lions to play them tough, which the Packers obviously uh, did, and there was a missed field goal in that game that, that, that certainly affected it, uh, like the you know, like it did for the Bills, and this is this is this is a good football team. Obviously, I mean that's that sounds it's, <laughs> that's that's obvious, and so they they should play the 49ers tough, and and so the key there's no doubt that the absence of Debo Samuel affected that offense Mm -hmm. and 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 the weather was a factor also there was that one play where they where the replay caught him like wiping his hand while he was going back to throw that's right crazy and 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 so when when that's in your you you try to put it out of your mind as a player but it's a lot of times it can be hard to do that and if and if that's in your mind about the ball being wet then somehow you got to you got to get over that he did come through in the last drive but Debo Samuel guys if you look back to the three game losing streak that the 49ers had earlier in the season after I believe I believe they won their first five and they were scoring 30 35 points in every game and the whole team was on fire and then Debo Samuel got hurt in the first game of that three-game stretch. And I think Trent Williams was also out, if not for all three, at least for the final two. And they only scored 17 points in all three of those games. And so Samuel goes out early in this game, and all of a sudden the defense can play you different. Um, because Brandon Ayuk wasn't as big a factor in that game because now the defense doesn't have to worry about what Debo Samuel can mm-hmm. do to you, not only catching the ball but also running it because they use him in those situations. So, And it look, they're saying he's 50-50, and so you have to believe that even if he plays, you have to wonder how effective he's going to be. So that, that becomes a big part of how that 49ers offense you know plays in this game. And if the Lions, obviously, they can keep them in that, you know, 
I, I doubt maybe 17, but if you can keep in that 17, 24 range and you, you feel confident that you can move the ball on that 49er defense, then they've got a shot. I mean, they've got a, a really good shot. As long as Goff protects the football, they can run it with two different guys like they did you know, against Tampa Bay. And they've, like I said, they've, they've got a shot. And they're, they're going on the road. I don't, who knows what the weather's going to be on Sunday. But you know, that's a team that's very, very confident uh, right now in themselves and and they they know they they truly believe that they have a chance to win this game and especially they'll watch that tape of that Packers game and that'll probably help their confidence even more in 2025 minutes we've got Dr. Rick Lehman on with us I'm going to ask him about Debo's shoulder and what he thinks my uh, uneducated guess right now is that he'll work in rehab he'll get a shot before the game and he'll probably be okay but if he takes a big hit on that shoulder, what does that do? So, because there's supposedly not, uh, he doesn't have any fractures in there. And um, so uh, he's still in a lot of pain. You can manage pain, but if you re injure, that'll be, I, I think that's going to be interesting to watch him. I think you're right. Focus on him and what he means to that offense. No, no doubt. Now, the one, pl- the one positive from that standpoint, the 49ers, at least for this game, you are preparing for the potential of him either A, not playing, or B, not being able to have as many snaps as he normally Compromise, does. So that, yeah. goes, that goes into your plan. When you lose a guy early and he's been a big focal point of whatever you, you have in the plan for that game, then all of a sudden you've got to adjust mm-hmm. on the fly. And so that 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 helps the 49ers in that respect but you're still at some level missing what he is capable of doing uh, to a team and and when he is capable of doing that obviously as i mentioned he it just opens up things it, it keeps things it opens up things even more for everybody else in your offense the chargers announced on saturday that they had completed head coaching interviews with the rams defensive coordinator raheem morris and the lions offensive coordinator ben johnson and defensive coordinator aaron glenn isn't this harbaugh's job if he wants it and what's the hesitation is he flirting with atlanta to get a better deal in san diego because there's no question i know atlanta's got a good roster but if you have one of those two jobs you have a chance you definitely take san diego because of herbert right Exactly. I mean, it's Los Angeles, I should say. Right. Yeah, no no doubt. Because, yeah, you can say the Falcons. I mean, here's a, here's a team that was kind of on the cusp the last few years. They were 7-10 and 10, three, year, you know, three seasons in a row. And, and the roster is, is solid. But who's, their, who's your quarterback? And that's the thing that every, you know, every coach thinks of when they're interviewing for these jobs because they know it could be one and done it could be two and done if everything doesn't work out and if you don't have a quarterback there's more of a chance of it not not working out than than if you do and so yeah so what's going on who really knows how much is michigan still in the hunt the big unknown is what ncaa will come down on michigan so there's all these things that are swirling behind the surface that we really you know we really don't know uh, what it's going to be and we'll, we'll see which direction the chargers go it, it does get to me i don't know if i mentioned this last week but it does get po- pretty boring when it's if not the same names but you can just change the faces and just say offensive or defensive coordinator you know the titans today hired the bengals offensive coordinator i think it, brian callahan and here we go you know here we go with the with the same type of guys that are getting these jobs and Look at the final three. I might have mentioned this last week. I don't remember if I did. But there were three coaches in the final eight. 
and now they're all in the Final Four hmm. that were never offensive or defensive coordinators in their careers in the NFL before they were hired as head coach. Hmm. Andy Reid, John Harbaugh, and Dan Campbell. And I, don't, I never understood why teams don't look more at guys like that and try to vet players that they or coaches that they look at and say, well, they're not just the hot coordinator, but they're a leader of men. They're, they're guys that will come in and establish their personality, their leadership, all those things, and just hire a good staff. And yet you hardly see any of these guys even interviewed, much less hired. And I, you know, teams, they just don't think outside the box. And here's ample, ample evidence that that, that can work. Now, granted, you've got to get the right guy. Don't get me wrong. But it still can. And hardly any, t- any teams ever look at guys like that. It's pretty, pretty baffling to me. And in 30 seconds, if Bill Belichick doesn't get the Falcon job, is there a job out there for him? There might not be. There might not be. Now, I don't know if that's if teams aren't interested, which it could be, or he might have sent out little, thing, oh, I'm not really interested in you, which is strange, though, that you would go to Atlanta if, if, if the job was offered with the same thing we just talked about without a quarterback. There's a lot of talk that he'll bring Josh McDaniels with him wherever he goes to be his coordinator, which is fine, but you still have to have the quarterback to be able to do that. So uh, whatever the reasons, he's not getting a lot of looks from other teams. So who knows? There might be a 2024 season without him as a head coach in the NFL. Mm. H, you're the best. We'll talk next Tuesday. Thank you so much. All right, guys, take care. All right, Howard Balls are joining us. Take a short time out. Hockey conversation, blues in action tonight in Calgary. We'll break it down with Andy Strickland.